What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hey, I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And you're listening to The Limit Does Not Exist. A podcast for walking, talking Venn diagrams. Coming at you every other Tuesday. And hosted by us. Last episode, we talked with Emily Grassley, who works with a lot of curators at the Field Museum in Chicago. And in this episode, we sit down with Dr. Frank Burbrink, an assistant curator of herpetology at the American Museum of Natural History, where I run the Bridge Up STEM program. So cool. We talk about exactly what herpetology is, hint, lots of snakes. And what computer programming has to do with it. Yep. We also talk about comic books and punk rock and tattoos. And what Fast Company defined as the single most important skill to develop in order to thrive in the 21st century. By the way, if you're into our show, you probably have it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) So let's just get to it. Let's. 
Hey there. Hello, New York. <laughs> hey, hey, Pasadena. <laughs> well, technically, Los Feliz from my closet right oh. now. Very glamorous. Oh, you know, yeah. I can't keep track of all of the different closets that you record from. Wow. <laughs> well, there's so many pockets in Los Angeles, and I'm in so many closets <laughs> within those pockets in Los Angeles. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a metaphor for another episode. Yeah, I, I think it's a metaphor for many things, I'm sure. Uh, so we are here with Frank Burbrink, or specifically, Christina, you are sitting right next yes. to Frank. I am with Dr. Frank Burbrink oh, yeah. uh, of the American Museum of Natural History. Hi, Frank. Hello. <laughs> Frank, Welcome I should have put... Uh, <laughs> which apparently has a bar in it. Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Separate. it's not like there's, you know, alcohol lined on it. I think they do experiments on this bar. But yes, technically there is a bar with stools. I mean, however you want to define chemistry, I am fine with. There is one. Yeah. There's another one over there with that. So, with things. With things. Yeah. So, Frank, I should have um, I should have first said your name with with doctor in front of it because you indeed are a doctor. This is so so legit not the good and cool. Kind. Like, you can't write any prescriptions. No, okay. that's that's what you. We we we've graduated three PhD students here in the last two weeks, and it's like. The joke, as soon as you, you know, grant them their PhD, you say, I'm sorry, but now you're a doctor, but not the good guy. So, <laughs> so okay. don't, don't use that when you're on an airplane, doctor or whatever, because yeah. it's like, uh, can I, we needed a doctor. And it's like, oh, well, actually, I have a doctorate in poetry, so this guy is basically dead. Yeah, yeah that's, amazing. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. But the amount of effort required to actually complete a PhD, I don't know. I feel like I would be using that doctor to book like my dentist appointments, right? <laughs> yeah, for everything. Be like, I'm sorry, that's yeah, doctor. Exactly. Christina Wallace. Right? Absolutely. Like, man, yeah. I wouldn't let anyone forget that. I can't think of a context when doctor really wouldn't come in handy in some, <laughs> in some you way. Would think it would. You would think it would. But then you have to try to explain to them you work what you actually do and it's all this molecular evolution <laughs> stuff. And then it's working on snakes and they're like, Wait, I don't. How is that even a job, right? Much okay, less, so know, I anyhow. cannot wait to get to the snakes and the molecular uh-huh. evolution, which we are about to do very shortly. We are. Before we do that, we're going to start sure. with this Emily Wapnick TED Talk that Christina, you sent to me. It's called "Why I Some did. of Us Don't Have One True Calling," and you texted me. You're like, I think you're going to like this. Well, to- I mean, Thanks it's like she's me speaking well. to to the two of us. Literally, uh, every sentence was a quote that I could have pulled. Where did well, you I find it? On Twitter, you know, oh, Twitter. Cool. Of course, it's oh. my answer to everything. I, I, <laughs> I've cultivated the most interesting people I know, and I just I get content from them, and, and I forward mm-hmm. it on. So, once again, my Twitter uh, feed has done me well, and this amazing talk—it's like what twelve minutes long. It's not even that long to, yeah. to you know, take up your time. And um, and she's just a fantastic evangelist for uh, what she calls multi-potentialites. Yes, uh, what I would call polymaths or Renaissance people. Um, but really kind of, uh, I think her tagline is follow your curiosity down those rabbit holes. Which uh, which I think was a sentence in our like pitch to Forbes about our show. I think it was. I was <laughs> like, Emily, you know us so well. Well, and this, this word polymath has come up. It is a word that I was not familiar with, actually, when we started doing oh, no? our show. I totally wasn't. And it has the word math in it. So I feel like a very, very bad math-interested person <laughs> who wears a lot of hats to not know this word. But, you know, I'm uh, in our last episode, we were referring to Hamilton a lot. 
lot. Christine we and I were. are both huge Hamilton we fans. I've been writing this article about Hamilton lyrics, and one of the lyrics is uh, Lin Manuel Miranda rapping as Hamilton says, "I'm a polymath. I'm a pain in the ass." And I was like, "Oh, Hamilton was a polymath." And then <laughs> I and, and one of our followers on Twitter tweeted about our show using the word. Um, and then I went to this cool site called uh, Genius.com that has it's an amazing mm-hmm. like annotated lyrics site, mm-hmm. and it, it was talking about how Hamilton, of course, had knowledge of military strategy and constitutional uh, theory and law and financial policy. Plus, like, the whole, yeah, financial system thing. The whole financial system thing. And and this annotation says, and of course, the ladies. Like, that was one (laughs) of his polymath. (laughs) One of his interests. (laughs) But anyway, back back to Watnick. So so Emily talks about, um, she really is an evangelist. You know, she starts to talk with the question, how old were you when you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then she talks about how this, like, the notion of this narrowly focused life is highly romanticized in our culture. And that if you feel like you don't have this one thing that when you were five you knew you wanted to do, that there's a really good chance that you have this feeling of something might be wrong with you or abnormal about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then she goes in uh, on to talk about these sort of multi-potentialite superpowers, which are all things that we're really down with. Also, we just love superpowers. So. <laughs> yes. sure. I like collecting love... them. Um, <laughs> and using them as appropriate. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was so great to hear this um, so clearly elucidated in a 12-minute talk that I think, um, you know, you and I could just riff on for several hours mm-hmm. and having it nice and compact and, um, and articulated like this, where she says, basically, there are these three superpowers, idea synthesis, mm-hmm. uh, pulling together, you know, m- multiple ideas and finding that intersection. Um, and she says, innovation happens at the intersections, which I think is such a great line for uh, for when we transition over to Frank. Absolutely. Um, but idea synthesis, rapid learning, which you and I have talked about a ton, that sort of ton. learning how to learn is certainly my superpower. Well, yeah, uh, but this is a shared <laughs> superpower that we have that we very can both so. learn something very quickly my issue is is that then i will often forget it quickly once i've <laughs> learned it i'm working on that end of the superpower okay, okay. um retention no, okay right retention is is uh, is a skill i'm working on learning um but in that idea synthesis too christina there is a venn diagram on one of her slides of just wanted to point is. that out <laughs> Uh, and um, then, and then that third superpower, yeah, the adaptability, this ability to morph into who you need to be in a given context or within a, a given set of people. Um, and particularly as you think about teams, I know, mm. um, my career has spanned from whether I'm the more creative, um, idea generating role to whether I need to be slightly the more organized and logical, um, and methodical sort of businessy role. Um, right. and, and being able to code switch a little depending on who you need to be given what's missing in whatever, you know, team or group you happen to be among. Um, uh, certainly, uh, something that I recognized in myself. There's this, there's this Kate Blanchett quote that I was reminded of while, while listening to that part of the talk where she says, there are a thousand me's when they <laughs> ask her, you know, who, who she is. And, and, you know, I think that adaptability thing is why, you know, I was drawn to acting at such a young age. Obviously, it's inherent in that mm-hmm. of switching and playing roles. But, you know, interestingly enough, in the professional sphere, 
uh, Emily mentions that, you know, Fast Company identified adaptability as the single most important mm-hmm. skill to develop in order to thrive in the 21st century, <laughs> that that ability to pivot as an individual, mm-hmm. but also for companies to be able to do that um, in terms, you know, when there's so much rapid change. I think well, that, I think that, that, that ties thing. in exactly with also the ability to learn. I mean, one thing we right. see in computer science education um, is that, you know, we can teach them concepts, we can teach the languages that exist now, but there will be new languages and there will be new technologies. And so really you're having to teach them how to learn um, so that when I just, uh, Frank was telling me last week, there's a new language out that everyone's talking about called Julia. It's like better than Python now. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to go learn another programming language. Um, oh my gosh. So- <laughs> there's this amazing song by this band called Jungle called Julia that I think we need to link to now on okay, our show well, notes page. there we go. Uh, and- As you were saying, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so really, it's more about learning the skill set of learning and the adaptability to right. be able to stay relevant in a 21st century where like we don't know what the jobs are going to be yet and we don't know what the technologies are going to be, but we can't be um, stuck in, well, this is my specialty and I, I can't go beyond these four walls. Well, I think it's really easy to feel scared of all of the change that's happening. Legitimately, it's going way faster than it used to. Well, and also, so when you are, you know, someone who actually is really drawn to learning, you know, it's, it's that, I think just identifying that as a skill in and of itself is so empowering. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking to, to Danielle Feinberg, she was talking about how they just recently at Pixar had to learn a whole new language yeah. and how humbling that is, as she said, to feel like a kindergartner, mm-hmm. you know, but it's almost like if you can find that Zen place of when you were five and very pure and loving learning yeah. to keep that going, you know. Well, and, and speaking of loving learning and this sort of innovation at the intersections. So um, Frank with us has a background in math. He then taught himself computer programming while working as an evolutionary biologist. Uh, So so there's uh, an interest in continuing to learn new things. But so so now that intersection of fields has been somewhat formalized in this thing called computational biology or, or bioinformatics. But it's pretty new overall, and, and um, it sounds like you were on maybe the leading edge of yeah, that. Maybe, uh, you know, when you're <laughs> yeah, in it, you can always think us. of, like, all these other people who started it before you, right? But, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's like any, like, musical genre, right? Sure. The first guys that laid it out were probably the best, and then it becomes a culture. And as soon as it becomes a culture, <laughs> it... it it's not as exciting. Not no, really. is, and anyhow, that's the way I think of like sort of music and sure. any kind of genre stuff, right? But so, yeah, so this is working, you know, just if you want to answer interesting questions mm-hmm. in biology, and this is the way like the National Science Foundation and everybody else is thinking about these things, it's all integrated, right? Mm-hmm. So while you have to where you have to learn a heck of a lot of stuff about very specific stuff about you know, in my field, evolution or phylogenetics, how to deal with DNA. You have to also mm-hmm. learn a lot about geology and mm-hmm. environment and ecology. And if you're going to go get organisms and you have to deal with like social stuff and political stuff mm-hmm. of the region, you mm-hmm. know, and um, so you have to integrate all these things. And to integrate some of these things, you have to, you can only do it with, you know, coding and computers, sort of big computer uh, linking them together in clusters and running them with your own private code and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're talking about adaptation as one of these superpowers, mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, you can just be, <laughs> you can not adapt and you can still have value. Let's mm-hmm. not say people don't have value if they don't adapt in this field, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get 
the money and get to do what you want to do and maybe answer some of those big questions. Sure. But you do have value in some ways. I'm not saying that, right? Sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's all about integration and mm. it's integration. And when I said socially, there's other mm-hmm. aspects of it socially too, mm-hmm. like having, you know, obviously women and minorities and, it, you know, it's not just the old white bearded dudes running the show <laughs> anymore, which is, you know, thank God, man. I mean, you know, I'm not... You know, dogging my own group, but it's it's a little, uh, you need variety, of course. And, you know, we live in New York City, so that's one of the reasons you're here is for variety, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Frank, do you ever feel that when you're shifting from something like, you know, computer programming and then you're, you know, going to work on something that might be more sort of or feel like it's purely biology. Do you ever feel like, well, I've got a shift in my brain or are you sort of in this place where you've built up a, a way of doing your work that that feels really integrated, that it's all sort of already connected? I mean, it's the same way I've approached everything since I was three years old, whether it's, you know, buying, you know, records or anything. It's just like I do something until I'm bored and then I move on to something else and then I'm less. <laughs> bored with the thing that I was bored by, right? So, so because true, you integrate true. all of the stuff, you flip around, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's just the way to be in life. You yeah. know, you don't, like, just order fish or whatever at every <laughs> restaurant, you know, or eat at the same place. Although, you know, you, d- I did find out that one of my friends worked for David Lynch and that he ate at Bob's Big Boy every day for, like, 20 <laughs> no years. So that's kind of like... Way. And that is about as creative as it gets, you know, almost to the point of, like, you know quantum creative stuff where you're not even sure what the hell you're looking at. (laughs) Well, uh, when you guys come out to LA, we can have a Bob's Big Boy moment. Oh, there you go. Right. (laughs) I'm not sure I'd want like 300 of those moments (laughs) in a row, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. Exactly. And so so when you're a collector, and I I feel like I don't really see much of a a difference in terms of experience and the way it feels to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's collecting, you know, books or records or snakes or code or (laughs) DNA sequences and putting it all together. It's just the way to be, you know? It's like the the way you do things. So the TED Talk, I felt, was actually kind of very... it was like, well, it's just the way life is, right? And other <laughs> yeah. people don't For have that, us, you know, no. and that's, that's the way I think. I mean, I think there's always a I, there's always a problem, and I think, you know, we, especially in the United States, like to define people by what they do as opposed to them just being people, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. that person sucks or that person's good. <laughs> I mean, you could even get it more elemental, you know, than, than you know, I'm a herpetologist, right? But I think it's actually, um, I think that, you know, first, if you define yourself outside of your career, might be slightly healthier, and that mm. your career, you know, if you like what you do, it's kind of like an extended hobby, you know. So it's, uh, I, th- I don't know, I think of everything, like even raising my kids feels like an extended hobby, <laughs> or just doing everything. I don't know, yeah. everything seems fun, you know. Sometimes sitting in really long meetings and listening to people pontificate, yeah, not that's so where fun. things are slightly less yeah. fun. And, and I usually make those fun by drawing while I'm at those meetings. So there's always something that something oh, going that's on. Brilliant. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, Frank, I'm, I'm kind of jumping down to something that we had saved for a little later, but how do you, since you're talking about this, how do you introduce yourself at a party? You know, do you, what do you say that you do? Because you know, you're you're a herpetologist, right? And you also have uh, all of these other interests as well. So, so if we were to ask you right now, you know, tell us what you do. It could be at AMNH or or, yeah. or just in general. I mean, it depends what, what party. If it's like one of my wife's <laughs> parties, so I say I'm her husband. 
doing. You know, I'm the ma- I'm the matchmaker's husband, which is a very unusual thing. Wait, is your wife? Oh, a my wife is probably the most famous matchmaker Wait, in the United excuse States. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh okay. Gosh, so we're going to talk Craig. about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa <laughs> she's been on TV and magazines and Time magazine. Wow. She runs the matchmaking institute. She she founded it. It's all over the world. It's the only institute that. Kate, if I find love because of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Christina, I've, I've always go. believed that this this yeah. could be, and I think this is the moment. And we get offers oh. to do TV shows and stuff. I and would like, pay I don't, to watch you on. Yeah, TV. but I don't watch. I don't watch TV myself. I said like, well, if I could play Eddie Haskell and leave it to Beaver, like if you want to revive that, I would like that because it's like the last thing I watch. But you know, some kind of reality TV show that's really invasive that makes me look like a clown. I'm not sure. Like I don't mind being a clown, but I don't want somebody to make me a clown. Right? That's fair. I think that's, that's what fair. it was. That's what it's it true. Be, it's kind of right? the lack of so. control in signing your life yeah. away. Oh that, my that god! So, I had no idea. Yeah, so, no, she's really, yeah. really funny and okay. famous, and she prefers to be out in the jungles with me catching snakes and dealing with billionaire <laughs> for matchmaking. But she's fantastic at it. She knows human behavior. Wow. Like, she's fantastic. Wow, that okay. that yeah, is yeah. that is yeah. fascinating. Yeah, but I so I do identify myself, you know, at parties as you know. Uh, it depends, right? Mm-hmm. If it's like parties at PS Eleven where my kids go to school or something else then it, you know I'm just kind of like defining myself to get the hell out of there because I don't really like I don't know the other parents lord have mercy uh, but yeah I mean it depends you know if you say the American Museum of Natural History you know as my co-curator here so if you tell people you're a curator some people they don't know what that is. It means like you no. dust the things or, you know, yeah. they, they may not even recognize that as being a scientist. You know? Well, no, I mean, now curator, right. like people use it in the tech world. We're like, oh, I curated this party. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. you selected yeah. people to show up. Like, yeah. Not curated. I curated the music. Exactly. Oh, you mean you put some songs yeah. on your iPod. You I got that. Wow, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think exactly. in particular, if you think about curators and museums, a lot of people think about art museums. Right. So the curator title with a science museum, I think is, is maybe. Yeah, I mean, because we're curator professors here, mm-hmm. right? Because we're professors in our PhD program here and at Columbia and CUNY and things like that. So, and that was my background as a professor for 13 years mm-hmm. before I showed up for this gig, which is the best job on the planet. Or, well, so, so explain yeah. to our listeners, what's the difference between being a scientist at yes. a university and a scientist at a museum like AMA? Well, scientists at a university, you have, you know... So, okay. So first off, being a curator, you have all of the benefits of being a scientist that's at a university and almost none of the drawbacks. So the drawbacks are like a gun in your back to teach at all times or Mm -hmm. teach, right? Here it's like, oh, you know what? I need to go to Madagascar. I'm going to Madagascar next week to go collect in the middle of a semester, Mm -hmm. right? But that's your job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you did that at a university, mm-hmm. you'd have to try to buy out hours for teaching or get replacements and stuff. And mm-hmm. you'd be dealing with waves and waves of undergrads, which I like mm-hmm. to some degree. But here it's like, you know, we're behind the scenes. We have our own empire of research support staff, scientific mm-hmm. support staff. And we still have the doctoral students and postdocs. So we mm-hmm. still have the research labs. And if you want to teach, like teach doctoral courses, you can do that internally mm-hmm. here. But there's your other responsibilities are to the collection, which we you know have over you know three hundred thousand specimens here that are wow. used by researchers just from in herpetology. Our, just in herpetology, yeah. people. It's one of the biggest collections in the world, and we have people that come here every week to measure, to scan really? these things, to do everything from take ecological data to do everything with these specimens to borrow tissues for DNA stuff. So we you know sort of 
with our staff facil- facilitate that for mm-hmm. all this research. And so that's the other side of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we're out, as I said, when we're out getting specimens and doing research for this stuff, that's part of the job, whereas it's not necessarily part of the job at a university. Does Got that make it. sense? Mm-hmm. So it's made way more of a real research position well, and being at, yeah. you know, the Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> Museum, right? The only person probably alive, I mean, that was alive that Democrats and Republicans could agree on is like a very kick-ass human being, right? So, Frank, will you yeah. just break down for our listeners just exactly what herpetology is? Well, herpetology is the study of reptiles and amphibians, which is more of a, of a, a historical... Uh, uh, anachronism than a study because reptiles and amphibians aren't really closely related to each other (laughs) and reptiles aren't even a real group right (laughs) crocs are more closely related to to birds than Mm. they are to lizards and snakes but just because they were you know cold-blooded tetrapods Mm. and Linnaeus and other people generally hated them. They put them into their own group. So, um, but but it's cool because all of us know everything about reptiles and amphibians, and the mm-hmm. method of collection and how you find them mm-hmm. are somewhat similar. And the organisms are in the same kind of area. So, if you were to collect birds or collect or do work mm-hmm. on mammals, you'd use a whole different set of strategies to get them to do research. But reptiles and amphibians, even though they're not closely related, you're mm-hmm. kind of treading in the same waters for getting them right. And yeah. so, this can be everything from behavioral studies to ecological studies to evolution it's what you know our conservation mm-hmm. and, and and again all those pieces when i grew up were different mm-hmm. they're now integrated behavior ecology evolution because they all feed back and influence mm-hmm. each other so you can't just study one or the other you kind of have to do it all i mean that seems it seems so interesting i don't actually think i can name anyone else i know that does both field work and the computational work and the genetic those, work and the, the biochem <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah i mean it's, it's like you've had to become a bit of a jack of of all trades yeah. really the and, and while i love all work. of the other stuff mm-hmm. you know if you think about it what gets you to go to madagascar and brazil all the time is learning the other stuff so you could say wow mm-hmm. learning all the coding and learning all the other stuff is what gets me to go <laughs> and the primary is just to be able to go screw around in the field and catch animals and be like really happy, you know, being a kid again, you know? And so it's always about like gravitating back towards what you were excited about, Mm -hmm. you know, when you were a kid, you know, as you get older, I'm 45, the world is moving really, really fast, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, things that you would sit and be amazed at and look at for, you know, an hour sitting here looking at some paper, just staring at it or looking at a picture. Now you look at something for one-tenth of a second and you move on, right? But I want to get back to the days of where I was mystified, where I opened up a comic book and would see some spooky picture and just look at it for, you know, like an hour and wonder about it. And, and you know, just sit and think about stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so that's what that gets you to, is getting back to those feelings that generate the excitement mm-hmm. and i think wonder. that's actually yeah and yeah. i think it's really important because that then is a feedback to doing more creative research because i get really excited you know like when i'm doing coding and figuring stuff out and i know i've got it figured out and i got the last line of code sometimes i'll stop and i know i've got it and i'll just have like a beer or drink coffee <laughs> turn on some like yes put celebrating this moment. Yeah. but then yeah. i not, but then and is then like i put the last line in yeah yeah, yeah. and that's then it's all crazy. ready to go just, and then if it screws up you're like moment. oh my god i screwed it up and i'm drunk i can't actually <laughs> fix it you know? 
So, so Frank, Frank, when you were talking about you met you you slipped in comic books in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm no, please. <laughs> comic I'm, books, records. I'm so happy uh, you did. I, I, so I was wondering about. I, I, Christina tells me that that you are a bit of a comic book buff and that uh, or nerd. <laughs> nerd. I, I, I think nerd is yeah, the word I, I think nerd is what you use. Although I've just been yeah. wanting to use buff in a sentence and it came the opportunity okay. arose. Well done. Um, <laughs> thank you. But so is that how you discovered your love of snakes? Was it through comics? Was there a connection there? I think so. Like that and isolation. My family was quite interested in sports and I had zero interest in sports (laughs) because the dynamics aren't that interesting. Well, you could study stats of baseball Mm -hmm. and I actually appreciate that. You know, like that's the origin of the 538 website Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But as a kid, you know, it's still like two teams playing and one of them has to win. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah, exciting. Wow, I know. they I won. I felt the same way. <laughs> than the other guys. Right? I was like, you know? give me a book. Yeah. Yes, totally. exactly. <laughs> yes. So like while they were watching, you know, whatever, it seemed like Saturday and Sunday was, you know, uh, in the 70s at a lot of sports. So I was mm. uh, outside by the woods at my house picking up field guides and, you know, figuring out what these animals were. And, you know, it's in Peoria, Illinois, so it's not your, like, her reptile amphibian yeah. mecca of the planet yeah. Earth, right? But it is good for other reasons. You know, Richard Pryor grew up there. So, um, yeah. Uh, That's a great but, hometown, DJ. Oh, uh, it's, it's not bad. There's a couple of other weird things if you're into punk rock. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the comic books... What I loved about them is, you know, and I would get these at flea markets. So I've always been kind of a, a, a one of the flea market kind of guys. Oh, like yeah. Everything I'm wearing right now is just, I, I was it's just, just junk it's... store stuff, you know. And it's oh, like, my God, I don't you, think I've ever been into You're missing this great shirt that's like yellow zebras. Oh, <laughs> oh this is from 1940s. It's 1940s DVD shirt. Yeah, yeah Kate, you would. You're, I mean, you it's like it's a zebra a shirt with like full sleeve tats. Yeah. Frank looks like it's what cellulose every, rayon. Actually. We want to get kids in love with science. We need to put like Bobek and Frank on a poster. <laughs> Christina, if you don't, if you don't take like a dual <laughs> selfie while you guys are together. Oh, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, it sounds terrible. Frank's not, on, <laughs> Frank's not on social media, but I'll post it on Yeah, Twitter. I'm not on social media Perfect. because I felt like social media was to me. pulling me away from what I liked as a kid. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like a distraction yeah, totally. in life. But anyhow, totally. yeah, so I would I would get these comics at these flea markets and just, you know, these things written by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby about these pre-Marvel things, these monsters and stuff. And every oh, one of them had, like, a scientist... That was doing, I don't know, pretty questionably unethical <laughs> research on just, oh, I guess, you know, I have a, you know, a tarantula and I'm going to see what happens when I make it, you know, 500 times <laughs> the size that it is now. <laughs> I thought, my God, it seems neat. It's animals, biology. And then there's always a beautiful woman that seemed to be in love with this guy for whatever reason. Yeah, I was like, this totally. the best. You're by yourself. <laughs> You're doing crazy crap. Sometimes it kills you. You're not Sometimes playing sports. An entire time. Yeah. Yes, you're not playing sports. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this seems kind of like semi-realistic, but not. And so now I'm going to go out in the woods and find my own animals. I'm not going to experiment with them. Know you know, they still sold, in the 70s, they still sold like home chemistry sets, you know, oh, where you can Lord. make scary wow. stuff, right? But, wow. um, Stick you have to, to find one bugs. of those. Yeah, yes, exactly. Right. And there wasn't anybody in my neighborhood or anybody around that knew anything about comics, that knew anything about records, that knew anything about animals. So it was just literally going to the library and renting just, you know, checking out. Well, renting, yeah, you couldn't right? You can look it up online, right? Yeah, there's no online. It was just, I don't know. 
the the time between stuff was just insane, right? Like you would yeah. order crap like sea monkeys in the back of comics. Six to eight Six weeks. Six to eight weeks. For, for uh, delivery, man. I mean, that, oh my god! I remember you that. could be dead by the time this came. Six to eight weeks is like your entire life. Like, I'm gonna be ninety. Like box like, tops or yeah. like wrappers. You have to like like twenty wrappers and you send it in and you yeah. get something and then like three months later it shows up and you're like your mom's like why are you getting a package in the mail? What yes. did you buy? And, and you would tell me and you're like it's my Starburst towel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's how I used to get records and comics and weird things like that in the mail. And oh, yeah, it was weird. What were they doing for that six I don't weeks? Know. My God, I don't know. man. Waiting for a check to cash or something is really weird, man. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com.
Christina tells me that there's a book coming out later this summer that compiles 1940s and 1950s comics that involves snakes called yeah. Snake Tales, and that you wrote the introduction to it. Can you tell yeah, us a little bit about it? Yeah, I wrote it? the introduction and helped compile all the stories with my co-collaborators on there, mm-hmm. and this is through Craig Yeo's uh, uh, book series. He's like the god of archival comic book stuff, so those mm-hmm. comics are what they call pre-code horror, which means there was nobody was looking and saying... You know, these are not really appropriate for kids. They're, in fact, really creepy. And then Congress killed it, you know, in 54. Yeah, they killed it, which is also kind of ironic when you're sending, like, a year before you're sending 18-year-olds to Korea to get blown away. But you can't read comic books, right? Because it'll turn you into a juvenile delinquent. (laughs) Uh, But so, yeah, so they had, these were like, like something like, I don't know. 30 to 70 were coming out a week and and some of them are so unbelievable you might know some of them like all the ec stuff like tales from the crypt that's Mm -hmm. where all that stuff came from which Mm -hmm. then later evolved into mad magazine it was Mm -hmm. run by the same guy those are ultra sophisticated they have all the old henry type endings and they're really cool these are the garbage of of, uh, (laughs) society and I actually love them better they're really creepy and these are all about snakes and uh, some of these weirdly enough were when they were originally produced involved this woman named uh, uh, Ruth Roche and she man I don't know that lady I wish we could find out more about her she was really she was the editor for a lot of these Mm -hmm. books and she came up with some pretty bizarre stuff like these aren't morality tales like the (laughs) innocent and the guilty just all die and they're like I don't understand this you know and it's like some of them are very unnerving like honeymoon couple being devoured by you know crabs and stuff how do you you tie up what happened at the end there's no tying up you gotta read this book and so this involves like snakes and and half of these involve like snakes and snake women that lure guys to their death but for no reason whatsoever always the snake women yeah yeah snake women you know and they're not necessarily the Medusa type some of them transform guys into snakes retaining their human heads which are really weird but okay, so how did you get involved in this project well it was weird I took my family to a comic book convention in Albany New York and so I you saw both evolution and, and the comic book yeah convention. just doing it's a well everything yeah, it's okay. well balanced you know and then Craig was there who runs the company and I said hey and he goes oh. I said you know I've been buying your books for a while and we talked and he said well what do you do and then I told him I'm the creator here and he said, my God, I want to put a book out on snake comics and stuff. And I said, oh, well, I already know a lot about those. Let's do it. And so we put it, that was in August, and the book is done now and should be printed very now, soon. Now, will this make it on your CV list of publications? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, sure. <laughs> I don't think it'll hurt it, right? I don't, I don't so. know. It's, I, it was so much fun. I pulled up your, your CV, your short CV, by the way. Oh, the which, short CV. Yeah, yeah. which is like... 20 some pages oh it's not it's not actually short I've at done all. a lot of stuff he's done a lot yeah. of stuff what was crazy when I first started working at AMNH I didn't realize this as like a general you know member of the public who lived in New York and loved this museum that they're like active scientific researchers doing real science here uh, and there's a graduate school that grants PhDs. Like, none of this is visible. I always thought of this place wow. as, like, the dinosaurs oh, yeah. and right. the whale and yeah. the Me planetarium too, yeah. and Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. And it turns, yeah. Out, it turns yeah, exactly. out it's like this active scientific enterprise going oh, it's on massive, every actually. single day. It's huge. We have two, you know, big genomic labs <clears throat> here. What have- are those? Oh, to sequence the genomes of all these animals so oh, that we yeah. can really, you know, open these animals up and explore where they came from. And I'm using 
And a lot of my collaborators use, we're using these genomic data as like time machines. So we can kind of reconstruct the origins of the ecology, the traits of how these things originated, you know, millions and millions of Mm -hmm. years ago. And so it's like as close as we're ever going to get to a time machine. And the the answers from this genomic level sequencing are Mm -hmm. just screaming at us. It's just like... So amazing. Well, this is all sort of yeah. in pursuit of what we, what we uh, as an institution do around tree building, phylogenetic yes. trees, trying to figure out, if you think about like your ancestor, you know, family tree, that's a very specific right. tree of, of your people. They do it here on a species level, trying to figure out which species, you know, evolved from which and how they're connected uh, to other things, um, right. which is uh, this, you know, massive undertaking uh, when you think about it. Um, and we and we now use genomic data to sort of do data. that. And then mm-hmm. that tree structure that you're mm-hmm. talking about, the phylogeny, the evolutionary mm-hmm. tree, is then the sort of one of the bases, bases for producing hypotheses of, of how species diversify to fill niches. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm very interested in. You know? Yeah, so you like, were telling me about why don't your, you, Like you have 3,500 snakes. Why don't yeah. we just have one? Or oh, why don't we have true. 200 yeah. million, for instance? You know? <laughs> yeah, and so, nice. I mean, those, those seem yeah. like pretty interesting questions, at least to me. And so then that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, mm-hmm. how do you evolve? Like, if you're a terrestrial thing, how do you evolve into, say, an aquatic niche or mm-hmm. an arboreal niche and all these kinds of things? Mm-hmm. And so that tree structure that you're talking about provides mm-hmm. the beginning of the hypothesis to sort of layer those other uh, kinds of data, like about their trades mm-hmm. and their ecology on those trees to figure out these kind of big questions. And, and, you know, one of the big things that I was talking to you last time about was that I want some of the students to help me work on, which is, uh, why do you even have a latitudinal gradient? And that is, why do you have more species in the tropics than you do mm-hmm. in temperate regions? So as you go towards the poles, you lose species, right? Mm-hmm. And so why is that? And you know, everybody will have a gut reaction to that and say, so well, it's, it's cold. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And so why is that like yeah. that, right? And so there's a whole, there's only like three main hypotheses, but within those are like, hundreds or mm-hmm. about 130 other ones. And mm-hmm. so this has been a question that's hard to know, you know, hard to like get at in science before the sort of genomic error and phylogenetic construction error. Mm-hmm. And and it seems like there might be different causes for different things. And, when, and it all looks the same. So it looks like birds have the same pattern. Snakes have the same pattern. Other things have the same pattern. Mm-hmm. But the processes may be different, Very but give different. identical patterns. Right. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the mystery, you know. Well, so that's that's the fun of uh, actually how Frank and I met. Yes, uh, because he is going to be hosting one of my Helen fellows, which are post baccalaureate fellows. They're women coming out of an undergraduate degree in mm-hmm. computer science and uh, some other scientific background. Sometimes, um, and and so we have a, a fellow coming in this summer who double majored in computer science and biology at Berkeley, who's oh going to be gosh. joining his lab for a year. Yeah. Um, and then my my scholars, my high school girls. Um, who come in the after-school program, and once they complete a year of coursework learning to code in Python and SQL, although now we need to talk about Julia, um, <laughs> they, uh, after they do a year of coursework, they get to do uh, paid internships in scientists' labs. And so we're going to actually have two teams of high school girls plus this post fellow working with Frank uh, uh, for the next year, which is it's going to awesome. be glorious. So he's going to have like 16 yeah. year old girls uh, they'll, they'll have fun. talking all about 
why the tropics? Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to be begging so me cool. to go on a trip there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll definitely take them around here to, to as like a boot camp to get started into the snake world. But there's nice. and even in New York City, if you go to 35 miles from here, you can get mm-hmm. just huge numbers of snakes. So, but we had a team working uh, with Chris Raxworthy oh, in herpetology right. this past year, and their favorite part of the whole thing was going out into the mud and like catching turtles That's and right. scanning their little embedded... Oh, the chips. Whatever. Yeah, the chips. I like saw them track. here the other day, yeah. and Chris pointed out that I have a chip in my arm from a study, Do and you? they couldn't believe it. Wow. Yeah, it was a Mossasaga, which is a type of small rattlesnake in Illinois. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! You have these animal care committees, you know, that mm. say you know you can't just do wild ass research and hurt animals and do inhumane things unless you're Tyson Farms, right? Yeah. Then you can do whatever the heck you want, <laughs> um, which is. And I'm not criticizing that industry. I'm just saying there's kind of like these mm, double weird standards. dual stand yeah. double yeah. standards. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they ask you these questions like. Uh, do snakes feel pain when you put these chips? So these chips mm-hmm. here, you know, to identify them. And I go, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. They don't, they're not primates. They don't make really facial expressions. Mm-hmm. You can't. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I don't know. The only way I know if they feel pain or not is maybe on myself. So I had a student inject one into what? my arm, right? <laughs> and you can still scan that it. It comes in. That is the most badass in, thing yeah, I've ever it's heard. Right that is amazing. It's still well, right. I mean, given, given the amount. Oh, there it is. You can feel it. Oh, oh my, my God. wait, wait, yeah. did you like, just say that yeah. the chip is below the cowgirls? Well, yeah. So he, he has full sleeve tats. Um, yes, can we have some, a little visual description? Uh, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. There's, there's, okay, well, there's a skull wearing uh, like a 1940s um, a pilot kind of uh, goggles and helmet. There's definitely some snakes involved. Uh, there's yes. a, a green moon. I don't even know. Mars attacks people. It's, bats. It's like a drunk comic snake books. lady. Uh, Frank, it sounds it's like just doodle pad a... random crap. You know, it's there's well, no you know those tattoo okay. yeah. you know those tattoo shows where everybody has all these feelings and emotions. And yes. I, I don't have any. Don't have I mean, it's just sort of like oh, I was. I got a tadpole. That's what it's very, you know, basic declarative statements about, you know, something, right? Here it is, right? So, yeah. But, yeah, so I put the chip in, and okay. it hurt a little bit, but not that bad. But not that bad. It, when, they, when they put that, it's a wide-bore needle. It sounded like mm. it was going into celery. It made that sort of Ooh. crunching noise, oh. and they use that in 1940s and 50s oh. horror movies, you know? Okay, clearly this is a little squeamish for me. <laughs> Christina, how are you doing? <laughs> we are reconfirming that me and bodily fluids are, are not... Uh, I might have a picture oh of that somewhere. Um, well, uh, you know, we, we are getting close to our lightning round, Christina. Christina, do you want to fi- fire off sort of one last question before we do I that? Do. So I Frank? want to talk about the guitar that's in the corner of this yes. office, yeah. um, which is what even prompted me to ask Frank to be on the show in the first place. So he walked <laughs> into his office to talk about him hosting these interns, and in the corner there's a guitar hooked up to an amp. And I was like, Amazing. wait a second. Do you jam in your office? And you're yeah. like, yeah. Also, I, you know, I'm a guitarist. So tell me about this music thing in addition to your comic books and your Yeah, your I mean, I play guitar yeah. Since I was a kid, taught myself and mm-hmm. play anything from old hillbilly rockabilly to punk rock stuff. And you know, do you uh, have a band? I used to. I yeah. don't anymore. So the reason I brought this in here is encouraging others oh. to be in a band. But I want it to be something you know weird and creative, maybe even old garage type stuff. If that's creative, maybe it's not creative. But definitely oh, don't yeah. want to like bring in dudes here and do mm-hmm. like Eagles covers or something <laughs> horrible like that. You know? Have you have you been to one of our Christmas parties? 
I've been to. Am so I, they, they, we have a, so a an AM and H yeah. cover band at the what? Christmas party. Well, so Herpetology is going to have. We have Halloween parties oh, here, well, kind of, of in my office, do. and of so we're going to have a okay. Halloween style band, right? Sort of stuff like the Cramps or something yeah. like that. I think but, it's yeah. just such an incredible, you know, sort of symbol to have in your office for these <laughs> these these students that you're mentoring too. To say, you know, well, it's also like, really I just can't put more guitars in my apartment. My wife's like, how many guitars do we need in the apartment? So I said, okay, this one will live this up one to goes the music. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I used to, so I have a cello uh, in my New York City apartment, which I can never practice oh, there because right. there's babies everywhere and they're always like, stop playing. My, uh, so my I used feet to keep... are propped up on my violin right now are in they? my closet. Uh. <laughs> so I, I used to keep my cello in my offices back when I had my own company uh, and would practice there late at night. Uh, but, uh, so cool. There's no room in my little... Well, I have all of my guitars and amps and drums and records and comic books mm. at the at our house uh, near Woodstock, yeah. so, which used to be the Woodstock Winery, but it's no longer a winery anymore, but we still cool. have the vineyards. And so all that stuff is up there, so it's much better. But the amps are huge, so you mm-hmm. can't really... As we said, you can't play those can't in New York. So it's good when we have visitors it's up an and jam. And I get the kids to play stuff. And we usually <laughs> make up songs about my wife or whatever. And, and she loves it, even if they're not very nice. But, uh, and so we'll do this kind of stuff. And yeah, the record collection spectacular. Yeah. It goes from like 1917 till now, right? Wow. Yeah, and, I've, and I've massed like some really fun stuff. But now it's gotten, because of the millennials... Buying yeah. everything, it's uh, gotten way less fun. But you know, to go collecting, right? And Wait, so stuff. record formats changed in that period, though. Do you have multiple record oh, players yeah, in yeah, order yeah. to play all the? Yeah, a lot of seventy eights because okay. all the earliest R and B and and mm-hmm. uh, jazz and and yeah. even good country and rockabilly uh, was all seventy eights. You Got know, it. so yeah. I think we need a field stuff. trip. I oh think yeah, it would be. Need... Oh, and it's spectacular for snakes. I can get like a. I, my record is getting two hundred. I can get two hundred snakes in an hour on my property up there. It's amazing. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not procuring them or anything other no, than putting just... rocks out. They're How just, does your wife feel everywhere. about snakes? Does she, she get squeamish? Them. That's she so loves awesome. them. Okay, that's she loves good. all animals. For compatibility. She just, yeah, yeah. They're yes, really nice. Exactly. You know? They're really great. Yeah. No, there's no problem with that. I don't think we would have gotten married. Although I asked her to marry me. Well, I asked her to marry me in 20 minutes, and we got married by Elvis in Las Vegas. You know? oh, Seriously? Mm-hmm. My gosh. It was that a really is... muscular Elvis, which is kind of creepy. Oh, my God. Okay, that's way. another episode. <laughs> there there are so many other episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Well, we have to lightning right into our we lightning do. round. We do. Which sure. We're going to do, Christina, you're better at explaining the roles of this than I okay, am. Okay, so the fun of the lightning round is you don't get to see the questions ahead of time, Uh-oh. and you just have to give us your like quick one word, one phrase answer. No thinking, no defense of the answer. Just like tell us like it is. Top okay. of your head. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sometimes they're a little silly, so just go with it. Uh, first question. Mm. So we want to get into comics. Okay. What is a great first comic that we should read? Oh boy, that is good. Um, I would say the best comic to get into comics would be uh, Dan Clow's Ghost World. Okay. If you've ever seen the movie, it's mm-hmm. almost identical to the oh, comic awesome. book. Okay. But if you want, you know, Have dudes. It. Yeah, oh my god, it's spectacular. He just came out with a new comic called Precious, which okay. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff. But I mean, if you want dudes in underwear punching each other, mm, then, you know, so Spider-Man number one is <laughs> okay. kind of the way to Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Do you have Excellent. a Do you have a such a great answer? We we've got a link to both of those and and oh, great, get on Amazon great. and and, and uh, drop ship. Uh, do you have a favorite like go to song to play on one of your guitars or on your like guitar? a warm like a warm up song that I've probably played since I was eight is mm-hmm. I always start out with La Bamba is a really oh, fun warm up song it's got it's got really nice parts to it and nice. then recently I've been doing sort of more of the punk rock version of Stepping Stone, which Minor Threat okay. covered, so that's always kind of fun, <laughs> oh, just because fantastic. I have a melody. Yeah, in yeah. Head, so. Follow-up question, which is against the rules in the lightning round, but anyway, <laughs> uh, what was the first song you taught yourself to play in guitar? Uh, let's see. Either Buffalo Gals, which is pretty oh, lame, but it was yes. a Bob Wills version that is spectacular, okay. right? And, uh, I love it. And probably like Willie Nelson's On the Road, which is like really popular from the Honeysuckle Rose. <laughs> In 1978, you can tell I came from Peoria. <laughs> uh, probably that, right? I love That's it. Awesome. Some okay. crappy kiss song. <laughs> Snakes on a plane. Yeah. Or Anaconda. Bad snake movies. Uh, bad, which is uh, we're talking about how which one's which worse you, or well, which one do which, I prefer? Which would you prefer? Maybe or which uh, Anaconda has Ice Cube in it, right? <laughs> so that alone. Great is, is he in that movie? Is I, think he, I don't know. I maybe don't know. Uh, I, I know Samuel Jackson's in. Yeah. yeah, the the other one is so CGI'd with a few yeah. real corn snakes. It's but I mean, yeah. <laughs> so this is a, based on the proportion of real snakes out of total snakes and and ice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you, I ripped off the title for a grant called Snakes on a Planet, which is how oh, do they yeah. diversify? Right? That's kind of lame and. Okay, that might just be the title for yeah. this. Episode. I just I just broke out into applause. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that is Christina. Um, nice. Okay, this is this is Christina's question. It's it's not it's not an easy one, no. uh, but it, in in a few words or less, <laughs> what's one thing you wished all Americans understood about evolution or biology? Let's see. Well, first off, if they actually understood it, because most people don't understand evolution. They think, you know, like, I didn't come from no fish. You know, like, there's this half, like, mermaid thing Oh, or I'm familiar. Right? I, I was taught creationist biology. Exactly. Yes, there you go. So if they understood, yep. actually, how it works, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that would be fine. But also that it's, it's just a kind of a mathematical process, and mm. it's no, like... I, it's no harder to believe in something like gravity or something else in a Newtonian three-dimensional world, which may mm-hmm. not be correct, but you know, for getting along <laughs> on the planet, it works, right? So yeah. um, I think that I think that 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 it shouldn't be that offensive, and they mm. should see it as how beautiful actually is. It's actually really violent too, right? That's the <laughs> that other side of it, true. but it is. It's just. It's unbelievably amazing, and I feel like they're missing out on the greatest story on the planet Earth is evolution and those stories that are told by evolution. So I kind of wish they would see the beauty and the art in it as well as how it tells us mm-hmm. uh, how everything got here and mm-hmm. why things are like they are in the in the you know animal and plant and you know sort of organic world. That is a great sure. answer. Yeah. So beautiful. Christina, do you want to ask one last one? One last one. Uh, who is a woman who is doing awesome things in STEM and deserves a shout-out? Tanya Stadler. What is she doing? She does uh, She does all the computational evolutionary diversification work. So basically, when you produce these giant evolutionary trees, mm-hmm. how can we understand the tempo of evolution. So why do you have these bursts of speciation mm-hmm. at some time and mm-hmm. collapsing at the other time? Like mm-hmm. why do things collapse and go extinct mm-hmm. and why do they diversify? And that is an incredibly hard mathematical problem over hundreds oh of gosh. millions of years. Mm-hmm. And she is the most badass programmer and mathematician. And so 
Uh, and she's, Aww. she's fantastic. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely Tanya. There's, there's some other ones that are like right up there, but the list <laughs> is too long, right? In like five years, you're going to say, could you name a, a man that's actually even good at doing anything <laughs> in science, right? <laughs> that might be the, the, the way things are going. I shouldn't say that, actually. <laughs> It'll we'll be, be sure to name you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh, Frank. Thank you so much for Seriously. hanging out with us. It was my us. pleasure. This, this was, was really, really fun. Day. I wish we had five hours to I do know, this. Right? You know? All of us, all of us oh. totally feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but we know you have to run off to, uh, to I'm sure, change the do world science. in some way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so awesome! We will we will link to uh, anything that's linkable. That, oh that sure, we talked sure. About yeah, today. just let me know. Be Don't awesome. worry. We'll, we'll make sure to take our selfie before. Uh, oh before yeah. We'll thank you, Christina. Don't thank you, you so much. And you some tattoo close-ups would be great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Amelia. just so much freaking fun oh my gosh right his joy is so apparent and so contagious uh, by the way did you get the dual selfie christina oh oh yeah i just texted it to you <laughs> thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in yes we're so happy as always that you hung out with us tune in next time when christina will be with me in la hallelujah Woo! and we'll be recording side by side for the first time since episode one i promise this time i'll be a little more awake than we were at south by as will I, and no tattoos. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> yes, until then, remember. We got the, this. The, yes, the, limit, the limit does, does not, not exist. exist. Okay, no. oh, okay, just keep listening, guys. We'll get there. <laughs> This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.